1: make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, great show today. I was joined by a friend of the show, Ash Short. Uh, it's always a great time talking to Ash. He's a, always a great guest. Uh, we covered a lot. We talked about the uh, Trump versus Pelosi fight happening right now over the uh, next round of coronavirus relief. Uh, we talked about, um, <clears throat> excuse me, the president's... Uh, don't be afraid uh, messaging regarding the coronavirus. We talked about the, the polls, uh, which aren't looking great right now, but we, we talked about uh, the polling data coming out and what Trump can do to, to make up ground. We, we covered a lot. I think you guys will enjoy it. Uh, before we get to Ash, guys, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. If you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. All right. Without further ado, here's my chat with the great Ash Short all right guys we're here at the great ash short ash thanks so much for taking the time today
0: hey thanks for having me back on
1: absolutely it's always a pleasure so as always we have a ton to get to um over the last day or so the president uh, has been sparring with nancy pelosi on the next round of uh coronavirus relief checks Um, The Democrats, they want to spend north of two and a half trillion (laughs) dollars. The Republicans are not much better. They want to spend a little under two trillion. Um, Obviously, you know, bankrupting future generations is inherently immoral. I'd go so far to say evil. Um, But here we are, you know, fighting over how much money to borrow from China. Um, Obviously, the Democrats are, are trying to take this as a political win and the press is desperately trying to to help them out, uh, help them achieve that goal. So, wh- what happens next on on the on, you know the whole next round of twelve hundred dollar checks or whatever it's supposed to be?
0: Well, the way that I've always uh, seen it since my time in politics is that Republicans end up caving, right, um, regardless of whether Trump's president and whether he's tough or not. Um, I I mean, the Democrats have passed you know, their, their $2.2 trillion relief bill, you know, earlier this month had no GOP support. It was partisan. They pack it with things. It wasn't just, you know, a clean bill. Democrats keep wanting to bail out Democrat run cities that are, you know, failing, that are dealing with riots, you know, um, so yeah, so th- so this is what they end up putting in their bill, and the one that they passed earlier this month, I believe it was October first. 18 Democrats voted against it right. as well. Um, I mean, the media at that time even said largely symbolic, and and you know, Politico reported that many House Democrats were frustrated with the negotiations process, saying that like, why don't you take, you know, Treasury Secretary. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin up on the Trump administration's 1.6 trillion coronavirus package offer, you know, like they put forth a serious offer and it could get passed and it could help people. You know, it's a good faith offer. Like, why not take that? Or why not, you know, work on that? Why put through this partisan one? And so it's just this bickering back and forth. And then yesterday, Trump saying, oh, I'm not going to I'm done with negotiations, which I think was a really bad move. Nancy Pelosi has been saying she's done talking to Trump, right? And the press reports it, but they don't give her any flack for it when they should, you know. But Trump putting out on Twitter that I'm done, you know, I'm telling people not to negotiate anymore. It it looks bad because it's like, why not just, you know, put that message out there that, hey, this is what we've offered Clean bill, you know, put it out there, and say, "You give me this, I'll sign it," and then people can get their checks. But what you're doing is this: like, why can't he just stay on that messaging? Right, he th- has to go out and say, "No, no, no, no we're not going to negotiate," which makes it sound like it's not going to happen and we're done.
1: Right. That didn't make any sense that he uh, th- that he tweeted that last night, and he did completely change course this morning. He said he, he's been tweeting that he wants a clean bill, um, just just paying for twelve hundred dollar checks to everybody obviously like i I have to i have to preface this by saying we can't afford it (laughs) so i think it's awful anyway but like what he said his correction today is smart politics right you know just give me a clean bill twelve hundred dollar checks i'll sign it today they'll go out tomorrow i i think that's smart politics it it would it seemed like a, a terrible look for the democrats if they don't take him up on the offer uh i mean Look, right. If the Democrats say no, right, right, and he should have, he shouldn't have deviated from that. That should have been the tactic the whole time. But now that he's back on message, if the Democrats refuse to do it, wouldn't that be like an automatic, a, a huge political win for Trump? Unless the well, press, unless the press can spin it. Like that, that's the thing. Like, will which the press? They will, and right. they
0: do. Is they're just not going to? You know, every time that a Republicans put forth a bill. It's Democrats say it's going to do this and it's awful, right? But when Democrats put forth a bill, most of the reporting is like on how great it is and what it's supposed to do, whether or not that's actually what it would do or what it could possibly achieve or what we could afford. You know, the the critics, they get far less attention far further down in the articles, whereas when it's a Republican idea, the articles are the criticism of that idea right like it's just how our press operates so i mean on the one hand trump direct with his tweets directly talking to the american people i mean granted they're not it's like seven percent of the american people are on twitter but it's still getting a message directly to them and so the press has to to essentially lie about what he says in order to to hide it um but you know again like you said, we, we can't afford this. What we can do is open up the country more because it's a virus that has a 99% survival rate, even a 95% survival rate on the uh, most vulnerable. And, and that if we don't do policies like Andrew Cuomo's up in New York where we send the coronavirus into the most vulnerable populations, then you know we can we can survive this and people could open up their businesses fully again and we wouldn't need to send out the checks and they could also be a bit more discerning in who receives the checks rather than a blanket everybody you, you know send the checks to the people who have actually lost their livelihoods during this time i mean i you know love getting extra money but I haven't lost my job at all during this. I I work for an online publication. I work from home. So business was shut down for me. Nothing was shut down for me. I don't actually need the money, right? So, and yet I had already received one of those checks. I don't need another one. But, you know, if it's going to be a blanket thing like that, I mean, we're just throwing Money And and maybe that'll get more votes. But and perhaps that's why Democrats don't really want it, because it'll might be seen as, uh, you know, Trump giving them money.
1: I mean, obviously, everything you said is absolutely correct. But, you know, you're more intelligent than the United States federal government. So, you know, none of none of those (laughs) improvements are actually going to take place. Right.
0: They also have no way to really figure out that out if if they were to do blanket and and see that in my tax documents it says that I'm a writer you know they'd have to do more research than blanket oh someone who puts this is their title clearly doesn't need it versus someone who puts you know business owner or you know waitress as their title definitely needs it right like you couldn't even do it that way
1: and plus if they tried to do that they'd be going off of what like 2019 tax returns you know right and things
0: can change since then and that you know people whose income fluctuates or has fluctuated in that time due to numerous offers i mean sometimes they ended up not getting a check when they needed it or people who didn't need the check got one because of past and you know, it's it's a complete mess and trying to do it, uh, you know, any way that would require research, the the federal government just couldn't do that. We'd never get it. The no. people that needed the money would never get it. I mean, but it, now here we are with just giving money to people who don't need it.
1: Yeah. I mean, they might get it in, you know, three years <laughs> or something. <laughs> I, if I, ever. I, I think it would take it would take a while, if ever. But th- this is what I want to see. And uh, like like you mentioned, Trump has had some good messaging on this and some bad messaging. Today was good. Yesterday was bad and strange. Um, so it, this would require Trump staying on message, which is a big if. <laughs> that is not not a certainty by any stretch of the imagination. But this is I, I, I want to know. I want to know once and for all how powerful the press is because I don't know. And I, I think we could find out if Trump stays on message. He, he should keep pounding Pelosi saying send a clean bill, no pork, no bailing out de Blasio's New York or Garcia's LA, you know, none of this nonsense. Just send me a clean bill, $1,200 check. Force Nancy Pelosi to say no. Have the press try to spin it, try to propagandize on behalf of the Democrats and see how smart the American people are. Because, like, if Trump says, give me a clean bill, $1,200 checks, Nancy Pelosi says no, and the press, like, you can't even, if you're the press, you can't even spin that. You'd have to just lie, you know, because it would be solely Nancy Pelosi's fault that people aren't getting their $1,200 checks. And I want to see the press just lie. I just, It's not even spin. You'd have to literally just do a 180 and say the exact opposite of reality. And I want well,
0: know, know to know how I smart know they would our do. countrymen
1: are. I want to know if the American people are that easily propagandized.
0: Well, the press wouldn't simply lie. They would say that there's more to these bills than simply the $1,200 checks, that there's you know, uh, something to do with insurance or medical funds giving to people to states with high coronavirus, you know, like they would add in all of these things like that, that it is not just the stimulus checks, uh, that there are other concerns. And of course, ignore the, you know, either completely ignore uh, bailouts for the poorly run Democrat cities, or, you know, just talk about racial equity, right? Rather than riots, Right. right? The, like the terms that they use to, to downplay, um, racism and, and violence. Um, but as far as how, um, important and how much power the press has, I think it's a partisan issue because if you hate Trump, then the press has power because they, they're giving you your talking points. To further hate Trump, right? The press says, "Well, Trump hurt, uh, put the uh, you know Secret Service at risk by doing that little drive-by while he was at Walter Reed." And people who already hate Trump are, "Oh my god, he put the Secret Service at risk," which is like the, the Secret Service entire job is <laughs> to be at risk yeah. for the president. If you and that also, yeah, you picked the right,
1: wrong they, career, if you're if you're. If you're a secret service agent who's afraid to get the flu, brother, you picked the wrong
0: job exactly and and the idea that that was the only time they were in close contact with Trump while he was there, as if they're you know not less than six feet of near him all the time, and that they were wearing you know the the right protective equipment to do this, and they were cleared it wasn't an issue, but I mean if you already hate Trump then seeing that and being told that by the press is giving you another talking point. If you love Trump, then you're going to disregard what the press says. I'm not sure how many people are, are not that political who are tuning into the media this much. I mean, with the way uh, politics is, is consuming every aspect of our life, I mean, you can't watch a sporting event Without being just beat over the head, right, with right. This, this, this propaganda, and, and you see it, the NBA is going to drop the social messaging uh, slogans next season because they lost so many viewers, right? So I'm not sure the press has that much beca- uh, effect, because if the people that are you know, tuning in the sporting events don't like this kind of messaging, I don't think they're watching CNN
1: that regularly for
0: it to have an effect.
1: That makes sense. To, yeah, yeah, I do see what you're saying. And that makes sense to me. Um, I may, I, I don't know, I don't disagree, but I, I want to push back a little bit because of what we've seen over the last few days after Trump uh, left the hospital, left Walter Reed and returned back to the White House. Um, you know, I, I really liked Trump's messaging over the last few days <clears throat> in regards to the coronavirus. I know a lot of pundits, even pundits on the right, um, I mean, people friendly to Trump, not I'm not talking about like the, you know, David French's of the world or or, you know, people like that that hate Trump. But um, even people friendly to Trump have have, you know, said they didn't like the messaging. But I I loved it. I thought it was was pretty great. I mean, he, he posted a video saying, you know, among other things, you know, don't be afraid. Don't let covid control your lives. And I think that was fantastic. I think that's exactly the messaging the president should be using right now and maybe i'm wrong like maybe i have some kind of blind spot here i'm not aware of so so let me know if you disagree but i think the only way you can disagree <laughs> like the only the only way you can disagree with don't be afraid don't let covid rule over you is if you've been completely brainwashed by the press like i i don't i i don't understand like if trump is making is branding his campaign as the don't fear campaign and Joe Biden's is making his campaign, the campaign of fear (laughs) of stay in your basement forever. It's like, that seems like a home run for Trump. Like that seems like that's, that's Obama 2008 hope and change. And then, right. Well, Trump needs to
0: actually put out an ad like that saying that like, I don't want the country to be afraid. Biden wants everybody, you know, cowering in their basements like he did for months. I mean, Biden, hasn't said what he would have done differently than trump Nothing. during the coronavirus even Nothing. with 20 hindsight being 2020 you know him saying you know like if biden were to come out and be like i would have shut the country down immediately is like no you wouldn't have no one would have no no matter how like what the intelligence was saying because it's never you know it hasn't happened in modern history so no one you know you'd look crazy i mean just like they said trump was crazy for shutting down travel from china Yeah, I mean, you can't
1: you can't say uh, you would have done something that no one's done ever in the history of the world. (laughs) You know what I mean? The audacity. Based on what we
0: know now, but Biden's now saying like he, he would do a national mask mandate, which is unconstitutional, and then he's also, you know, I think he's put out messaging that like he wouldn't be able to enforce it, so it's like it's meaningless, and it's like that's the only thing you would be doing differently is, you know, breaking the constitution. And like a national mask mandate's not going to do anything because you can get the coronavirus while wearing a mask because even though the media is reporting that a mask is like you're 100% shield against coronavirus, if you don't wear a mask you'll get it, as long as you've been wearing a mask, you're fine, right? Nonsense. Like saying, oh, Trump, they don't wear masks in there and that's why they got it. Well, the mask protects other people from you. It doesn't protect you from other people. So if you don't have it, wearing a mask does nothing because you couldn't spread it anyway. But I mean, the thing that like seems to have been lost in all of this, Trump doesn't wear a mask, that's why he got it, is the fact that Trump is a notorious germaphobe. So he probably is doing more to protect himself from the virus than these journalists who think that a mask is your, is your, you know, mithril shield. I mean, like he's washing his hands more than the average American, right? I'm sure. sure. He's touching (laughs) fewer people and things than the average American because he's a, he doesn't like germs. So the thing is that even if you're a germaphobe, you can still get the virus. The mask had, has really nothing to do with
1: it. Yeah, real quick, just a side note with, you know, people blaming Trump for, you know, not wearing a mask, blaming not wearing a mask on on Trump contracting the coronavirus. Guys, just let's take a step back here. The reason why Trump got the virus is because these tests suck, okay? (laughs) There are so many false negatives and false positives. Look, Trump's the leader of the free world. He's the president of the United States. Anybody who comes within a mile of Donald Trump is tested, and everybody has to test negative to come in within the same room as Donald Trump. So whether it was Hope Hicks or whether it was somebody else, they were tested. The test, you know, gave a, a false negative, and that's why all these people were infected. That that's what happened. These tests are not reliable. That's the reason. It has nothing to do with masks. But like it's it's just it's so interesting to me that Trump is he's down in the polls, and I don't know how far down in the polls. I know you know friends of ours, you know like to to call the polls fake news. A lot of people on the right, you know, they just don't believe the the polls. They believe it's all BS. The polls were wrong last time. They weren't actually that wrong last time. But So so I don't know. I I know Trump's down. I don't know how how far down. But the polling data is getting even worse after this COVID diagnosis, after the positive don't-be-afraid messaging, and that's crazy to me. Like, that seems, like, almost unbelievable to me. I'm not saying all the polls are wrong. I'm not calling them fake news. But it's just, like, it's mind-boggling to me. Like, I, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know if it's the effectiveness of the the, the corporate press, the, the propaganda machine. I don't know if it's just the American people are just scared and they want to be scared. They I don't know. Like, I I don't know. Like, I don't know why. Uh, it's, it, it's incredible to, well, incredible. To
0: yeah. I've been thinking about that too. And I think, I keep thinking back to 2016 during, when Hillary, uh, the video of her nearly, you know, having to be held up and stuffed into a car at a nine 11 oh memorial. Right. And how, even if it was very simple, like she got overheated and that was that, and it were, there was no additional health concerns, you know? Like it still affects people. it's still and this is Trump's biggest fear, like he does he think sees illness as weakness, right? And there's a whole lot of people that do that you know even and we don't know you know about Hillary's health because you know they wouldn't say anything either, but it's like that resonates. that's like we don't know what it is therefore there's a problem now even though we knew trump had coronavirus and we saw the press just losing their minds this weekend trying to convince people he was near death whether that had an effect and people actually believed he was near death even though you could he kept putting out videos where you could clearly see he was not near death like i've seen someone who's had severe flu symptoms and nearly died from pneumonia that was not trump that right. was not like how this person looked while the media was trying to claim, oh, he's on dexamethasone. That means he's near death. It's a ve- severe coronavirus. It's like this is given for asthma and you know any breathing right. situation. Like okay, like it could have been supplemental to his COVID. St- it was like it, w- it was so absurd. Well, the Twitter were doctors doing over the weekend, but <laughs> in the broader sense, Trump having any kind of illness is going to be worrisome to the American people who, whether they're watching the press hyperventilate or not, they're saying a president got a, a disease that killed 200,000 people, whether he recovers or not, you know, it's fearsome. Just like it hurt Hillary with the, uh, with the, you know, the, the, whatever happened to her that day. Right.
1: Just, just a real quick side note. It, the Twitter doctors have been hilarious. Over the last several days, like when, I forget which uh, which uh, lefty blue check the other day uh, didn't know the difference between normal steroids that are used to treat anybody from children to the elderly on. A million different medical issues and like anabolic steroids that <laughs> that like WWE right. wrestlers take. They're like, how can he debate Joe Biden when he's taking steroids? The definition of right. performance enhancing drugs. I'm like, all right, fam, really? <laughs> you really
0: don't? Right. Like, you, you really don't know media- the difference. Yeah, all these media outlets do it, picking out the like most severe, rare side effects of dexamethasone, which, you know, almost nobody who's ever taken it has experienced. They're like, side effects of the drug he's on is delusions of grandeur and rage. And it's like, okay, <laughs> is he showing any of those symptoms? No.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Like, so, despite what you think of Trump, he's not actually showing those symptoms. And, I mean, it's like... It, that kind of fear mongering. I mean, how many people are going to need dexamethasone? Go to their doctor and be like, "No, no, no, oh my god, no!" It's it's like the death drug. It's like it's, <laughs> millions of people get it a year.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's just there's such a disconnect from what I'm reading in the polls, and just what I'm seeing, both personally with, right. with people I know, and and you know, our all of our mutual friends. Uh, it's just, it, I know anecdotal evidence when you're talking about a general election is ridiculous. I mean, somewhere between 130 and 135 million people are going to vote. Um, so, anecdotal evidence means absolutely nothing, but it, it's just mind boggling to me. There's such a disconnect here. Like, right. Ash, and, do, and, do, do yeah. you know and anybody, we... hold, real, real quick, do you know anybody who voted for Trump in 2016 who's not voting for Trump now? Because I don't.
0: Exactly. I know this question has actually been around for years, and I, yeah, I, I haven't seen anybody actually say that I that oh, I voted for Trump and now I'm going to vote for Biden you know that like that's not I've ne- I haven't seen that I haven't seen you know if, uh, people who said they'd vote for Hillary and now would vote for Trump either I have seen people that were like I didn't vote for Trump but I'll vote for him now you right, know like whether they voted everywhere. for Hillary or not yeah, yeah like- you do see that and the thing about the polls is that I don't think polling companies have fixed the problems that have been going on for over a decade. I mean, it wasn't just 2016 where the polls were problem. They were wrong in 2010, in 2012, in 2014. They've been wrong in the United Kingdom. They've been wrong in Brazil. They've been wrong around the world <laughs> Like because there's old polling methods, right? Now they are using cell phones. Which is, which is some of the issue, but there's there's still this bias in questions, oversampling of Democrats, which I know doesn't usually make a make much sense because in 2012 there was an oversampling, Romney still lost, so it didn't really matter. 2016 when they have the polls, they're saying it's close. It was actually pretty close with Hillary Clinton based on the popular vote, but again the polls aren't. The popular vote, when you look at the battleground states, they were all, they were wrong in 2016. Right. And I'm not sure if those are any more correct, even though we do have a lot of polling uh, in battleground states this year. But I mean, I'm not going to be in the camp of like, yeah, I completely disregard the polls, but I don't think the polls should uh, should should make uh, Republicans think that they're defeated. Right. And that there's no point in going to vote. But there might also be the flip side of that where it's creating an the press is creating an overconfidence for Democrats who may think, yeah, I don't need to go vote. I don't feel safe because they're the ones that the, the fear mongering on coronavirus is working. That so they're saying, I don't feel safe voting. I can't do absentee or mail ballot. Then I'm just not going to vote because it's fine. Because look how high uh, far ahead Biden is. And that might lead to a complacency that might be an issue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Democrats, any Democrat listening, believe me, take the coronavirus very seriously. Stay home. You don't want to get sick. <laughs> You're probably going to win anyway. It doesn't matter. But it's just like, I know it's an anecdotal, but I know so many people that did not, that, that hated Trump in 2016 that are voting for him now. My own brother. Okay, didn't vote for Trump, and is it is voting for him this time. My former co-host on this show, Josiah Hughes, did not pull the lever for Trump. He couldn't do it. Now he's enthusiastically voting for Trump. I mean, guys like Glenn Beck, you know, Ben Shapiro, Dave Rubin, Tim Pool, Austin Peterson, friend of the yeah. show, who ran for president as a libertarian in 2016, is now a registered Republican voting for Trump in 2020. Okay, like, I know it doesn't mean much, and I know it's all anecdotal, but it's like, Man, you just see it everywhere. And then you look at the polls and it's just getting worse and worse. And I'm like, "Ah." I don't know. Like, it's just it's it's frustrating because I can't wrap my head around it. But let's just for a second just assume all the polls are correct. And the the real clear politics average, I think it's like Trump down eight nationally, something Mm -hmm. like that. Let's just assume. And if you're a, a GOP operative, just assume the polls are right. I mean, you should always play like you're behind, you know, you never want to take anything for granted. So let's just assume the polls are right. We're less than four weeks out from the election. Like, what does Trump do to uh, to close the gap? I think first, obviously, first and foremost, the next debate, you know, he's got to, you know, test negative for the coronavirus, so the next debate happens. And then he really has to capitalize. the The last debate, I don't think a lot of people on the right thought it was just a disaster for Trump. I didn't think it was that bad, but only because I thought Trump did bad. He did very poorly, but Biden did just as poorly. So it was kind of a wash. Yeah. But I, I do think that was a huge blown opportunity he needs to stay on message, calm down a little bit and capitalize on the next debate.
0: Yeah. And he needs to call Biden out. I mean, Biden doesn't get asked what he would have done differently. I mean, if, if Trump just sat there, you know, and pulled basically like what Chris Christie did to, to Marco Rubio in oh, yeah. 2016, where he just what about this? what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And just make, you know, just keep asking that same question over asking Biden, what would you have done differently? What would you have done differently? Yeah, we did that. Yep. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We've been doing that for months. you know, like, yeah, because Biden doesn't get asked what he would have done differently. I think he did recently and he just flounders and he just attacks Trump on it. But like if Trump had like somewhat of a captive audience, even though the debate viewership was so low, this uh, this past week compared to 2016, that, you know, I think he could really hurt Biden just with simple things like that, like making Biden answer the questions that the press won't call him on. And I know red meat for the right talking about Hunter Biden, but I think that there's just, there's other things that could really, really hurt Biden, like with, coronavirus and with the economy i mean that biden wants to shut it down wants you to go out of business again you remember those la- those months when all of the governors democrat governors shut down your business well biden's gonna make sure that happens again on a national level do you want that to happen
1: yeah you're you're absolutely right that's and
0: what biden's promising
1: yeah he is you know unemployed yet <laughs> it's
0: literally running on like i'm going to put you out of work
1: yes I know. Unemployed yet? If you wanna be, vote Biden. You know, and I think what what you said a little bit earlier is, is absolutely correct too. The Trump team needs to start cutting ads with the you know, the the, the don't fear, don't be afraid messaging. I mean you just juxtapose yeah. that. With the Biden camp promising to destroy the economy forever, okay, and lock you in your home right. forever, and get you fired from your job, and have your life savings go out the window because your restaurant closed, okay, like I, I think the, the the hope versus fear messaging is a winner. At least I, I have to have enough confidence in my fellow countrymen to think that people will side with hope over fear. So if they can really pin Biden down on the the masks and the lockdowns, and then the Trump messaging is all don't be afraid. You know, take it seriously, but don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't let it control you. We're going to get back to normal. We're going to beat this thing. And Biden's saying, we're going to lock you in your home for five years. We'll we'll keep everything shut down after there's a vaccine. You know what I mean? It just makes absolutely no sense. So I think if they can start cutting ads, you know, really painting Trump as the hope candidate uh, and, and Biden as the fear candidate, which is completely accurate, I think that could go a long way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But do they ever do what you think they should do?
1: I swear, if I was running the Trump campaign, we'd be 20 points ahead. Like, I just a lot of the decisions they've made have been <laughs> just really strange to me. But, like,
0: yeah, my, my biggest issue has been yeah, Trump goes out on Twitter. But, I mean, if I were in an, any Republican administration, knowing that the press completely uh, misinforms and, you know, just takes the Democrat talking points on everything, that. Any decision I make, any new proposal would have my own, not maybe not from the president, but from the White House, press release exactly explaining this is what it, we hope to accomplish. This is the issue, you know, and putting it out there so that when the press goes and, and lies about it, the White House has actually already informed the people because they have a direct line. Right. But I just don't see that like one thing that, you know, whatever you think of him now, Justin Amash always explained his votes. Right. Right. So this administration needs to put out from the White House, not relying on news media to to cover it in a biased way, but to, to actually put out this is why we're doing this. This is what it's supposed to do.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right there. Uh, one more thing before I let you go, Ash. Um, I'll be watching the VP debate tonight because I, you know, have to for this show. Um, I, I doubt very many other people will. You probably have to for your job.
0: <laughs> no, but, I, I'm kind of off tonight. I probably won't watch it. Oh, good, good for you. <laughs> but well, I'm I am hoping not to.
1: I'm actually kind of looking forward to it because I kind of miss just a boring, typical milk toast debate <laughs> like it, it might actually be a little refreshing after the the nonsense we watched uh last last week with uh trump and biden but i, I don't know i mean people keep making the case and and i get it I, I i think that you know vp picks make more of a difference in this era than they ever have before like for instance uh, mike pence being being trump's running mate in 2016 actually helped me get to the place where I could vote for Trump because I was really skeptical. Um, And I, there's probably a lot of people on both sides uh, with, with Harris. A lot of people just hate Harris. I mean, people forget, like she's not a very good politician. She dropped out before Iowa, you know, she was running in single digits in her home state, you know, and then, but a lot of people, she's also young and not, you know, doesn't has doesn't have dementia. So um, I don't know. So maybe Pence and Harris will affect this race. More than usual, I'm skeptical. I really don't think running mates really matter a whole heck of a lot. But I don't know. Who do you think will win the debate tonight? And uh, do you think it it will make an effect one way or the other?
0: Well, I think, you know, the media is obviously going to say Harris is going to win. And if my memory serves me, Pence isn't like an in-your-face kind of debater, right? Whereas Harris is somebody who's willing to go out and like she did with Biden, attack him on a policy from, that you know, the busing, right? And go out there with this sad story and then turn around and say that, yeah, she was like totally for the policy too, but whatever. She tried to hurt Biden. So you've got someone like that, right? Harris, who kind of follows the Harry Reid model of like, well, I'll just make an allegation. Right. <laughs> and then if it hurts him, doesn't right. matter if it was true, Right. So, you've got someone like that going against mild mannered Pence. So, I mean, I think Bear, uh, Harris might, you know, seemingly mock the floor with him as she just throws bombs that, you know, have no substance. And if Pence doesn't fight back, then he'll look weak.
1: Yeah, so, Pence I, does. I mean, he does have to fight back, but he's just, he's, he's a really bright guy. Like, nothing right, really is. throws him off. his. I don't think she'll be able to throw him off his game. And she's just, I, ladies and gentlemen, I, I swear, if somebody on Twitter accuse me, accuses me of being sexist, I'm not. But she's so unlikable. Like, her speaking voice is so, like, sh- she has that weird, creepy, like, disturbing witch cackle thing. And she, like, laughs yeah. at her own jokes. And so, like, she is, like, extraordinarily unlikable. Like, I, I think she's way more unlikable than Hillary Clinton was, even. I think she's just really just... Ugh, just grating in these d- debates. So in by contrast, obviously Pence won't be as aggressive, but I think by contrast, he can actually look, you know, sympathetic and likable just because she's that unlikable.
0: Yeah, maybe, especially if he, you know, because he is so smart. Like if he just calls her out and, and negates, you know, the 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 lies, the bombs that she's going to be throwing, you know, and calls her out on her record when it's like, you know we've got all of these riots a- against policing and she was the california's top cop that you know she put away tons of african americans for for weed <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> yeah. yeah just for yeah for weed say. you know so like she was absolutely not a friend to african americans or uh she's or to a defund the police movement uh i mean I guess Biden picked her to help with, you know, the extreme progressives. But I think she would hurt him with the actual moderates when you have someone that crap, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're right. But let's be honest, uh, crazy crap happens every Friday, like clockwork. So by the weekend, nobody will even remember. <laughs> People don't even yeah. remember the, the Trump-Biden debate from, I mean, that feels like it was 10 years ago. That was last week. Yeah. That was eight days ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was eight days ago. Incredible stuff. But anyway, Ash, thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, hopefully we can do it again very soon. Uh, where can everybody follow you online and read your stuff and all that good stuff?
0: Well, you can find me on Twitter at Ash I can't change my Twitter handle. I'll lose my blue check marks. So that's oh, no. A-S-H-E-S-C-H-O-W. You can find my work at dailywire.com.
1: Everybody follow Ash. She's great. Uh, That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I will be back on Monday. No gimmicks.